everyone, and welcome to What Would The Spot Party Do? This is a special bonus episode. Not just me and Baz this time, you'll also hear the voices of Matt Hart from Steamforge Games and good friends of the show from the Grognard Files, Dirt the Dice and Blythe. Previous attempts to record episodes were eaten by chaos demons, but thankfully, blessed by Zinch, this one survived. Connoisseurs of gaming will have heard a little bit of AP on the Grognard Files' last cast of the year. And if you don't listen to the Grognard Files, I highly recommend you nip over there and listen to their wonderful, nostalgic ramblings into Ropane's past. However, fear not, dear listeners, because you can dive straight into this hour-long special without any preamble as we talk about the setup for the scenario and who the characters are in the first few minutes. If you enjoy such things, do let us know. Maybe Baz and I will endeavour to record some more stuff and maybe even create a separate channel or podcast to do things if there's sufficient interest. But for now, dear listeners, dive in and enjoy a trip to the old world. The Smart Party are raising funds to help with the running costs of the show. We use Patreon, which is kind of like a modern magic item that turns you into a connoisseur of all that is good in gaming. To show your support, just head over to patreon.com slash thesmartparty. You can donate a dollar, a credit, a copper piece or a fiver per month. It all goes into the portable whole of web hosting costs and helps us look after you every month with new Smart Party content. Patreons get a big thanks from us, some backer-only goodies as and when, and the warm, confident glow of the just and righteous to help you sleep at night. Join the Smart Party at patreon.com today and tell all your friends tomorrow. Cheers! So um, you didn't get to meet the Baron again, but he's let it be known through his various channels, which is normally hard-faced men with well-worn swords who come down to see you. He wants you to uh, make amends in a true kind of like mafioso style to let you've, uh, you owe him as far as he's concerned. Oh, it turns out that the Von Hogan household has a black sheep of the family, who's Volker, who's been up upriver at Schmutziger for uh, quite some time now. And it seems that uh, this particular black sheep, it was ostracized at first because he's, he's sort of delved into the merchant realm. So he's sort of making himself a bit of a businessman, which for a noble family is obviously beneath their contempt. And they just used to family money. But as you'll remember, the Van Hogan's have fallen upon hard time. And now it seems like a good time to get the black sheep back in the fold again, along with all this considerable amount of cash, especially as the wedding to the wealthy merchant Frickin family won't be happening due to the lack of a son to marry to his daughter. So, as a result, Magdalena von Hogan and, and crew have been tasked with heading up river. Uh, and your goal is to get Volker von Hogan, one way or other, by hook or by crook, uh, to come either come back with you to the family or send a sizable donation or, or agree some kind of like payment plan or otherwise try and bring you back under the Baron's good graces or, or get it back in some way uh, involved with the family and, and helping them out with their problems, at which point you might be forgiven for causing the family other problems. Do we know what kind of sum of money would be seen as um, appropriate if you, if you won't come back? Just what, what kind of donation from it would be uh, the right amount? It'd be, um, it's, it's a rather awkward sum of money that might make you lot think we might keep this and go. <laughs> so various threats have already been made about that sort of thing as well, just in case. We've been gaming out again. Yeah, so it'd it'd be like a proper strong box worth of money and or jewels, right? Okay. To, to bring back, and then you know some sort of agreement about we're talking probably you know a hundred gold crowns or you know amounts thereof, uh, orders of magnitude. So it's probably more money than you know you'll see in 
for several years. Yeah. Okay. I'll go. I'm Barold Lotham, investigator. I'm suave, cool-headed, sharp, um, like Sherlock Holmes. But my picture looks like a dwarf, guys, which is not on at all. I think I'm a human. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think you just nailed down in the picture. Yeah, probably. It still looks like a kneeling down dwarf, though. Okay. About it, but, but yeah, I, I feel a bit more sort of Basil Rathbone, really. Yeah. I'm thinking quite urbane and suave. Um, and I'm partnered. Um, I'm the brains of the operation. I'm partnered with usually Elspeth Voltz, who's the other part of my bounty hunting operation. And she's uh, she's in the brawn element. Um, so the two of us are never far apart. Yeah. El- Elspeth is uh, uh, Barold's uh, accomplice. And uh, she is taciturn and focused. And I think last time when she was in Mittelberg, uh, she explained that this uh, mission was like spearing salmon in a barrel. And she's got a similar uh, opinion of this mission, although she's in, unnerved by what she's seen. Uh, she's she's a Tilda Swinton to uh, Barrel's uh, Basil Rathbone. Nice. <laughs> okay, me. Uh, I'm Magdalena von Horgen. So I'm a member of the von Horgen family. Um, but I'm... I was ha- I'm half sister of the well, the bride to be. She's not the bride to be anymore, is she? But uh, I was a half sister, and I'm uh, I'm kind of it's just I'm described here as being so far down a family tree as to barely to count, barely count as nobility. So I've got a bit of a chip on my shoulder that uh, these nobles look down on me, uh, and I'm quite keen to sort of mix amongst the uh, lower orders and find some adventure and I suppose prove myself, which I feel I did last time by killing. Mark's Tushman, who is the duelist who uh, humiliated me in a previous fight. I used to run him through last time. So I'm feeling quite uh, sort of cocky, I suppose. And um, she looks a bit or a lot like or exactly like, in my imagination, Kate Beckinsale in Van Helsing. All, all of which uh, adds to the torture that is uh, Hans Meiger's existence. <laughs> being uh, a lowly household man-at-arms being, uh, who has, was tasked with uh, ensuring Magdalena didn't get into too many trouble, uh, too much trouble, I, i.e. fighting duels with deadly duelists. She won, which was okay. Uh, fortunate. But we were also, I was also charged with bringing back uh, Frederick and uh, that, unfortunately... Was a failure, um, and I almost entirely lay that at the feet of Barold uh, Lothan, um, the, the failed investigator. Um, but in the spirit of keeping my head down and uh, not taking on too much work, effort, or danger, um, Hans is is ready, willing, and able with his uh, lucky dice cup, uh, his capacity for alcohol, and a blunt and twisted sword. <laughs> awesome sauce. So you've been on the road for... Oh, do you know, have you got an actor in mind who plays you, Matt? Because it seems like everybody else has, so... Um, <laughs> Martin Freeman's character from The Office. <laughs> really? Oh, God. Oh, oh, no. <laughs> I think you've got to add about, like, 20 years to him as well and 20 stone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe not 20, but... Yeah. <laughs> oh, just a little Matt, then. <laughs> right. <laughs> I need to speak to my agent. This type casting is outrageous. You burst in, the three of you, and you see uh, Vilrin Stark. He's sat by a, a, a fire in like an old oil barrel type thing, or a metal brazier, probably more likely. Bits of fish and a mesh on top, 
happily roasting and popping away with blackened skin. He's mm. got a couple of his steamers with him. He's not left himself completely undefended, as you'd expect. But they do look up with mild surprise that it's you three that, that barrel through the door rather than his men come back with a prize. And he shoves his big, greasy, matted hat back from his hair. Let's have a good look at you. I'll try and get my sword out and try and get it pointed at him or as close as I can to him with his pot belly. So the scene I imagine is the fire's kind of in between you at the minute. Yeah. They've knocked the tea chest over and got to the feet and put hands on weapons as he flashed out a blade across the flames, uh, mm-hmm. licking it towards his belly. And he's uh, he's looking at you steely-eyed and uh, appraisingly. Oh, I see. So Van Hogan sent one of his assassins at last. I wonder when he finished the job. Far from it. I think me and you uh, need a conversation about uh, shared aims. I may be a Von Hogan, but um, I've no love of Volker. And uh, I want to get him out of here and back, back to his family. Yeah, would uh, would benefit you greatly. All right, out of the city. Mm. Well, it would. It would benefit me. Mm. Absolutely. So call your men. And let's start talking about how much you're going to pay us to do that. <laughs> He looks somewhat confused by this turn of events. I've been sent. We've been sent by the von Hogan family. The von Hogan family want this guy back in the fold. They don't want him here. They want him back alive, but out of here and uh, away from his business interests. So right. we have a we have a, a similar kind of uh, view to you that you want him out of the town, and some we do as well. What we need to talk about is how we achieve it. Oh, I hit with a charm roll. Um, so you've yeah. not convinced him, but he, he doesn't seem overtly hostile either. He's sort of like listening, but he uh, says, "No, I don't know about this. Uh, what I'm going to pay you? I think this is the other way around. If I'm going to take the risk here, you need to be paying me. I think. What sort of favors? What do you need to sweeten the deal? If I'm going to put my men on the line, then I need to see something from you people, whoever you are. I've got two shillings. Well, I would say the von Hagen families uh, will, will, you know, generously uh, compensate you." When he's back home. But what we're going to see in advance? Nothing. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. how, how does a gesture of goodwill sound? A gesture of goodwill sounds brilliant. All right, in fact, I've got just a gesture. And smile. And he smiles and looks at his friends and goes, yeah, a volunteer. I'm always after eager volunteers. I know, lads. <laughs> yes, you're watching. Well, uh, Von Hogan's uh, got himself a... Uh, He's got himself a bodyguard. De Ritter. Where it is, he was a former knight. He found himself demeaned in the pit fights. Yeah. Nobody can mess with that fucker. Except maybe you, if you're as good as you say you are. and you're, you're, You've got the family's connections behind you. It should be easy for you. You get hold of... Uh, you find a way of neutralising him. And he does the whole bunniest thing. <laughs> if he could be neutralised or removed from this... Uh, a chess piece taken off the board. There you are. There's a good analogy for you. Yeah, if you can do that, then that'll show me that you've got the wherewithal to actually pull this off. Otherwise, you could just be all bluster, and I'm risking all my men for nothing. Just out of curiosity, um, would you say he was more or less dangerous than Volker himself? Well, Volker himself personally is not dangerous. It's the hmm. resources he commands. Hmm. This man's got hard steel. Hmm. They've got you like a fish, I'm quite sure. But maybe, just maybe, you've got the resources oh. that you say you have between you. That's a motivating yeah. speech and, and, and description. Well, okay, all right. Let's uh, call, if you call your men off and uh, 
we'll see what we can do about this Derita character. All right, very well. You get rid of him, and we'll talk again about how we're going to get rid of your uh, fourth cousin twice removed or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, correct. <laughs> well, that at least gets him off our back, doesn't it? Why is um, why has Falker tried to kill you in the past? You mentioned an, another assassination attempt when we came in. Mm. Well, he's got most of the guilds to bend to his will. But not the stevedores, eh? Not us. Ah. We've managed to fight into a standstill, but that's it. He seems happy enough if we don't cause him any trouble and he doesn't. He stays away. I think he's just biding his time. We keep him some more strength, and sooner or later he'll hire some mercenaries or he'll do something else to get rid of us. But for now, us and the Coopers are all that stands between him and total domination of this town. So uh, perhaps I can bid you good night then, ladies and gentlemen, and I'll send one of my boys out to get my uh, my fellas to leave leave you alone. Yeah, all that, three of you. That'd be great. Uh, unless there's anything else you wish to do, you can like make your way back to the the pub, get your rooms for the night, either get your head down or plot a bit more, whatever whatever you want really. What do we think? Go back. Yes, a rack. No problem. So you'll get a better kip, uh, and in the morning. You're walking to the smell of lips and schnauts on the Ooh. fire. Ah, oh, sausage. With three sauce. My favourite. Hearty, meaty smells come <laughs> wafting up towards you. Uh, and you go down for breakfast with uh, of sausages and dark bread with some watered down ale uh, to talk about your next move. A man, he's dressed in um, reasonably good clothes. He looks like he was perhaps a merchant once, or, or is even, maybe. Uh, but he's got like a, a velvet cloak over the top of some well-pressed clothes of decent quality. His leather seems unmildewed and well-stitched. Uh, and he comes over to your table and uh, with a, an elaborate bow, he looks at you, Magdalena, and says, uh, Oh, uh, Miss, Miss Hogan, forgive my late arrival. I meant, I meant to... Uh, Welcome you to the town last night, but as I arrived here, you'd uh, departed for some for some air. It, it would appear. All oh, right, okay. And, and you are? I'm. I'm deadly. Um, I work for your uh, your family member, Mister Van Hogan. Wonders if perhaps you might like to dine with him tonight. Um, you know, it depends what he means by that. What do we? Think? He'd like to have you for dinner. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really would. Um, that seems a very a reasonable idea. I think as long as my friends, I presume my friends are invited as well. Uh, he, look, he looks around somewhat sceptically and says, uh, I'm, "I'm sure there won't be a problem." Yeah. Excellent. Well, uh, he hands you a card. He says, "If you could just come to this dress uh, around eight o'clock, Mister mm-hmm. uh, Von Hogan will be delighted to uh, to welcome you back into his little fold." I'll, I'll just uh, whisper to Barold. As I said, she makes perfect bait for our trap. You weren't wrong, Elspeth. You weren't wrong at all. <laughs> I don't know if we've done enough legwork. Yeah, we might want to do a bit more. I mean, we don't really have to. Do, do we have to kill this Ritter fella? We don't really do. I mean, that's just that just keeps him off our back, doesn't it, for a while? So yeah, I, I can't help feeling uh, that the Coopers Guild could have a part to play in this. Yeah, I think you could be right. Certainly in terms of increasing the old uh, chaos going on. Mid-morning, you finish your breakfast and got yourselves uh, all your ablutions done and all that kind of stuff, uh, and you wander down by the riverside to uh, the area of town where most of the tradesmen hang up. So the smells of the tanneries 
Uh, there's the striking of hammers on anvils and all that kind of stuff. And there's silversmiths and tailors and cobblers and all kinds of stuff. And it looks like quite a industrious little part of the town. Wander around a little bit, eventually you sort of find the central area, which looks like where the more important people are. Uh, the, the movers and shakers are sat around drinking small coffees or watered beer and talking about what business they might do, striking bargains. And indeed, as you were just be told, because of his distinctive hat, it's quite easy to pick out where the line sat with a little coterie of other well-to-do merchants. Uh, and as you're making your way through, uh, Magdalena's outrageous ostrich feather hat makes for somewhat of a, a striking landmark of its own, so you are noted as you approach. Uh, and you, hands you particularly know, and uh, probably one or two of the others if you've got danger sense, that there are men-at-arms about or hired swords amongst the crowds that are keeping an eye on their masters, and you're being watched as you approach. I see them. Lang and three or four others are sat around, enjoying some pastry and a coffee. I'll introduce myself, introduce my friends, and say that uh, I am, uh, tell me who I am, Magdalene von Hogan, and I uh, wondered if we could chat perhaps in private about my uh, very distant relative, Volker. Oh, let me guess, the price has gone up again this month, has it? I told him last time, I'm paying him all I can without going out of business. You can bluster all you want, you're not getting any more pennies out of me. No, 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 I think you misunderstand. I think you may find a conversation with us is to your benefit rather than costing you anything. Well, he invites you to his offices, which are just across the square, and uh, him and a couple of trusted guards, as you say, sit down and there's chairs for half of you and the other two stand. The reason I'm here, the reason me and my friends are here, is to uh, bring Volker back into the fold. Uh, the family wants him back. They wondered if you had any information or anything that might help us in that, because uh, from what we've heard, he's doing very well for himself. I think, I th- I think, it's, uh, I think it's worth uh, pointing out, Mr Lang, that um, obviously the stevedores are, are, are helping us, um, and uh, I, I, we felt it honour-bound to come and... Um, get you involved in the proceedings lest the stevedores steal too much of the power pie when uh, when Falkland is uh, removed from it. He seems to bristle somewhat at this. I mean, obviously I don't have any martial might, but um, I could certainly uh, leverage political might to help you. And what uh, shape might that take? Well, the Ratcatchers Guild are still on the fence about things, really. They've been uh, overwhelmed. In fact, they're recruiting. Someone like you might find good business there, actually. Can't keep up with demand. Uh, if I can apply some money in their direction, I'm pretty sure I could get them to lend their support. And if you do have the stevedores on board, as you say, that gives us three of the guilds of the city so we can speak to the civic authorities uh, and talk about uh, maybe opening up caravan routes again and uh, putting this stranglehold that Von Hogan seems to have with City Hall. Oh, no confidence. We should have a referendum. Perhaps mm-hmm. my advice would be to destabilise him initially, was the all those merchants now sit there in their gilded towers, the ones that have prospered, he joined his side early. The thieves have done nothing, but if someone could start hitting him with a hurts in their purses, then uh, maybe his power base would be detracted somewhat. I was going to say, when was the last time you saw him, Master Lang? Mmm, he saw like... As a big think about it, it's like it must be some weeks now. It's probably three, three maybe four weeks ago. When did the uh, you know the, the plagues of rats? When did they start kind of becoming a bigger problem than normal? Mm. About a month ago, uh, <laughs> pro- probably more like two or three. The mm. output of the fisheries has increased uh, two or three fold since von Hogan's 
yeah. new methods took place and uh, with the surface of fish guts around and yeah. uh, everything getting dumped in the river, diseases run rife and then rats have increased. No end as a result. And as for the otter plague, we don't like to talk about that. <laughs> Damn them sea otters. <laughs> so what are we thinking then? I think we thank this fella for his time. Um, yeah. And we've, we've got a little bit more information that we need to talk about ourselves, I suppose. I bear in mind I am uh, merely a lo- lonely guard, but um, we haven't staked out uh, Volker's actual residence and got a sense of where that is. Mm-hmm. Our friends in the Stevedores Guild could certainly let us know when yeah. the Ritter is crossing the bridge into the Fisheries Guild. And then, like I say, if we were to block those bridges with our help from the, the Stevedores and the Coopers Guild, yeah. we could then immediately just go straight in on the uh, on Volker and, and have no fear of the Ritter suddenly appearing. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah that would be easy done, wouldn't it? With a wagon full of barrels of fish guts or something, just upending the, yeah. the bridge. Accidentally yeah. upending, and, yeah. Yeah, that's a good call. I like I like the way you're thinking on that one, but definitely we haven't actually laid eyes on our mark yet, have we? At, and neither no. something else, crucially, for weeks. So I think we might need to do a little bit of um, proper skullduggery and see if we can at least lay eyes on the fella. Was it dinner tonight? Or yeah, it's tonight. Yeah, mm, yeah. we could do dinner tonight. <laughs> we could do. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, if, if we, we wouldn't, we wouldn't think vampire, would we? We, would, we wouldn't think that, would we? Now, I Karen, do now. I wasn't. <laughs> I hadn't even thought of vampire. <laughs> I was, he'll, exist, he'll exist at night, and there's written rats everywhere. I was thinking weird rats. Mysterious powers of compulsion and getting people to do what he wants. Yeah, it's obvious now. Yeah, you might not know about vampires. Well, you probably do know that vampires exist. I don't know. You've got to think last time you were in a barge, some lobster clawed fiend came out of nowhere and tried to rip you yeah. up in half. So, that, like, you, you will be aware there are yeah. things like that. Potentially something weird's happened to him. So how persuadable is he to go home? That might be a complete lost cause. Might need to just kill him, steal all his money or something like that. Start sharpening some sticks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would go well with your wide-brimmed hat and you can Yeah. <laughs> so you head to the Merchant's Guild bit proper. There's a large open square. It's not dissimilar to the uh, the square outside the rat house, except it's much nicer. And the, the, clubbers, the, uh, the cobbles even have been imported for some far off land and are nicely polished and the fountain actually works and it doesn't smell of fish and like well, basically it's just better in every way but you know the dimensions are roughly the same <laughs> so it's fronted by multi-storied houses on each side with the blackened wooden beams in that Tudor style and uh, the top floor overhangs a little bit there's balconies there's steep tiled roofs on them uh, and each house has got uh, metal fences with uh, spikes and such to keep the riffraff out, should any be so foolish as to wander around this area. The night itself is quite chill. There's that mist that's rolled in again off the river that's causing vision to be a little bit blurred and such, but the, the houses are so big and grand that it's not difficult to find your way there. As you approach, there's a couple of guardsmen in uh, in the Von Hogan livery who were stood outside and seem to be expecting you and unlock the gates so that you can make your entrance. You head up a short flight of steps to a grand entrance and uh, there's a, a servant there who's waiting and pulls the door open, expecting to see a, 
Oh, Lady Van Hogan, you're here, and your guests. Mm. Uh, if you'd like to place your clogs or such on the racks, I shall take you through to the drawing room. Elspeth, as soon as you walk into the threshold, all your hackles start to rise. The hairs on the back of your neck stand out from your skin. And there's a, it seems colder in here than it does outside, even though you can see through to the uh, the drawing room, there's a, a large fire that's stoked up and flames are licking away. You just get that sense that someone's walked over your grave or something as soon as you enter in the building. <laughs> Elspeth, your neck hairs are up again. I can see them from here. I've got a bad feeling about this. Yeah. Stay sharp, Elspeth. All eyes. But you presumably you hang your clocks and such up and take them through. I do. Uh, I hang up my tweed half cape and uh, put my double peaked cap on a peg. I'm, go- I'm going to conceal my weapon into my boot. Do they, we, do we, have, we don't have to surrender our weapons, do we? We keep our weapons. Uh, something like your fencing sword or daggers or that sort of stuff's all entirely reasonable. So, so what I'll do, uh, Gaza, I'll just uh, check out the exits just to get uh, an idea of uh, the layout of the place where we can get out. Uh, well, you got into the drawing room and it seems there's, there's several doors that are all closed to you at the minute and a flight of stairs that heads to the higher levels. So you don't really see where other exits are. You, you probably think there is one out the back of the kitchens or something like that. There'll be a back door into the yard or something. But uh, aside from windows and the door at the front of the house, you don't really see anything. And it's a mid-terrace, so there's no like ways out sideways, if you know what I mean. It's either front or back entrance you're going to have to use. Yeah. I bet there's no mirrors either. There are not, as you mentioned it. Funny, then. (laughs) (laughs) There's plenty of paintings and tapestries and such. As you get it into the the, the drawing room, which itself has a a pair of Bretonian doors that lead into a dining room beyond, uh, and a table looks set for dinner for you all. (laughs) <laughs> uh, there's a roaring fire as I mentioned and a fine carved mantelpiece and lots of other uh, ostentatious displays of wealth and you see Volker von Hogan he stood by the fire to one side uh, looking quite resplendent in the finest gear he looks a little bit pale but um, <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's, he's got a, a, a sheet so you don't go out much Beard and moustache around himself. Yeah, he hasn't said this so much you probably expect. Uh, and standing glistening with the, uh, the the flames of the fire, flickering reflection of his highly polished armour is Darita, his uh, former knightly friend. And Von Hogan uh, immediately comes over to kiss you on both cheeks, Magdalena. Oh, my darling, it's been simply ages. Was it, um, I think it was Veronica's second wedding to that disgusting Earl from Volksburg, was it not? Yes, it's the one where he turned up in a big cream hat, wasn't it? Of course, yes, that was delightful. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, kill him already. <laughs> I'll engage him in small talk. I'll, I'll kind of lay on, I'll lay on thick that the family really misses him. You know, we miss his wit and his charm and his things have been yeah, very, very dull since he left. He's quite cutting about the family, and every time you mention him, he just could, you know, has some story about what they did to embarrass themselves or why they're a fat fool or various other things. And pretty soon he's invited you all in to eat, and uh, you're presented with uh, a nice fish soup to start with, with eyeballs and other choice morsels that are bobbing around in a thick broth. <laughs> Lovely. He himself says, I'm a little... I'm a little off my feet at the minute. Forgive me if I don't join you with the chowder, but uh, I do like a nice drink. Jervis, do, do do serve the red. Very deep burgundy wines served <laughs> with your wheel as well. <laughs> He's poured from the same bottle. He seems to have already pre-poured. He had a full oh. glass when you were taking it. So, so, um, so Magdalene, you've, enough of these idiots 
I see, uh, like me, you you always want to, to forge your own path. Have you come to join me here? It's been so terribly lonely. I could do it with some proper company. For the Schmutziger needs the Von Hogans to run it. Of course, not those other idiots. Us, people with vision, who want a legacy to last hundreds of years. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm more of a free, as you know, I'm more of a free spirit. So I'm just passing, passing through at the moment. Oh, that's fine. As long as you're not here to do anything terribly gauche, like draw, draw me back to the family or some other stupid yeah. errand that well, the Baron might have sent you on. Uh, <laughs> that's a nervous laugh. Hmm. Well, I'll say no. I'll, I'll try my... I'll try my I mean, I've, I've tried to sort of persuade him a little bit, haven't I? And he obviously seems set, dead set against that. Okay, make a charm roll for me, opposed yeah. by his intuition. Forty-four, about thirty. So, okay, might as well. Fortunately, he failed by more, so that makes it a critical. Happy days for you. Okay, he seems completely convinced. He he steals you with a a penetrating gaze at one point, but it only lasts momentarily. Mm -hmm. Says, "Oh well, good. Adjourn this. Bring in the stakes, and uh, you all get platters in front of you with like big two-inch thick fillet steak. That's immediately like seeps." Uh, a viscous blood when you dig your knife into it, and there's a beautiful <laughs> pinky flashy in the middle. <laughs> See it delightfully on the outside and moist and succulent on the inside. He describes to you as he watches you eat it, <laughs> licking his lips. These are not the kind of steaks we ordered. <laughs> <laughs> there's quite a lot of steak at this dinner. <laughs> <laughs> If it's all nice and convivial, can I say, like, um, you know, he's a very insightful man um, and obviously got to his position through being so insightful. So we, we do have to confess that the Baron has made it very clear that he would like to have Mr. Von Horgan back within the bonds of the family. What would it take for that to happen? Uh, yeah, that, that will not be happening. I've had quite a comfortable life myself here. And if anything, I'll be expanding out. So maybe at one point in... 10 or 20 years um, I'll be taking over the family home mm. but uh, yeah for now I can't see me returning to the lackey for the archaic practices of political strings attached to people the, the nobility with their pecking order and such like that, I'm my own man here and uh, people answer to me rather than the other way around what, and what's been the secret of your success would you say? Yeah, it gives a little smirk to him so says so, so, uh, it's my persuasive nature. Um, also, of course, uh, I've, I've had a chat with the uh, the powers that be, and we've instigated a new force of watchmen, uh, rigorously trained, who've been out and ousted the criminal element. And once I got a bit of stability in the town, then uh, the merchants all flocked to my banner. So really, it's just about introducing a little law and order. Uh, speaking of coins, um, begging your pardon, uh, the, the Baron did indicate that perhaps if you didn't want to return, um, uh, some kind of tithe or or payment thereof would uh, would suffice instead of your 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 noble person. Mm, yeah, well, you, you can definitely tell him that there's no need for a stipend. Um, you know, I forgot the family money that he would normally send. Well, quite right, quite right. I, 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 I worry that I've misrepresented the uh, <laughs> the nature of the stipend. And the direction thereof. <laughs> Perhaps I could ask a favour of you, Magdalena, then. Um, although I've been doing very well here, uh, there's a couple of sorts that aren't quite playing ball. Um, perhaps in the Cooper's Guild specifically, there's, there's many, because I've been mercantile, 
don't quite get the message that I'm the nobility. In fact, that we are nobility, you and I both, and perhaps aren't showing the correct amount of subservience. Perhaps I could call upon you to go and visit the Lang household and suggest to him that um, perhaps he starts bending the knee a little bit more and showing a little bit more respect to his, his betters and elders. If if we were to um if we were to help bring the Coopers and the and I understand the Stevedores Guild under heel, uh, Mister uh, Von Von Horgan would um would would you be able to ease our way with a a token stipend that we could take back to the Baron to just sort of complete this particular part of our responsibility? I mean, uh, it'd be very distasteful if you take it back to the Baron, but if I were to give you some money and you chose to do that, that's that's kind of like your business. Ten gold crowns each to go and have a word with these people and get them on site? Well, we were told a hundred, weren't we? Was hundred gold crowns was, was the kind of figure he was thinking, so... Yeah. yeah. We get twenty five each. We'd do it. I'm not going to lie, I'd, I'd find it quite difficult giving up 25 gold crowns with my own money. <laughs> To make the Baron happy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Elspeth's going to say to Barrel that this uh, the the bait is uh, being distracted. We've seen this before, haven't we? We have, yeah, yeah. Often gets carried away with a sense of her own self-importance. Yeah, we up her part again. Keep our eyes on the target. Uh, grab him by the beard and drag him out of here. Is that what you're thinking? I mentioned behind the soup spoon. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now's our chance. Just give, just give me the word barrel, and we'll take him down now. Under the table. So we've kind of got to the the cheese boards come out now. So. <laughs> With her, uh, also a dark, dark vermilion chutney that served with it, <laughs> <laughs> and lots of red Leicester, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with thick blue veins in. <laughs> and uh, as as you sort of chat, like conversations got a little stilty, just chatting idly now as you're like all mulling over what you're going to do, and it almost seems like Von Hogan's lost interest in you as well now, uh, as he's kind of given you an instruction and an offer, and nothing's been forthcoming. <laughs> so, uh, Van Hogan uh, looks at you, Magdalena, in, it, in a moment, we're just picking the, the cheese from your teeth. And says, um, so, I've heard heard that you uh, had some success against Tushman in Mittelberg not so long ago, that you've uh, been practising somewhat. Perhaps you'd like to try your hand against uh, my bodyguard. He'll, he'll play to first blood if you fancy such a, a challenge. She can't resist that, can she? <laughs> Oh, excellent, excellent, excellent. Right, let's let's all, all go through to the ballroom. See what reaction we get from him when there's some blood spilt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he almost does like a little clap in front of himself and looks quite pleased. I presume he's he's all this. take his armour off, isn't he? I mean, I presume he's going to be oh, in Of course. The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you're taken um, through one of the doors that's previously been closed here uh, and uh, taken through to a, a mid-sized uh, room. It's probably about you know ten meters on the side, but for a big house like this, it's yeah, it's the width of the building. Probably they've got the uh, archetypal black and white tiled floor, uh, lots of big doors at the back that enter out onto a, a rose garden that you can see beyond vaguely in the darkness. Um, and uh, Dorita starts to take his armor off, and uh, to one side there's a, a small rack of weapons, largely swords, rapiers, apes, files, and such. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, I know you're a filing. You're offered brandies from the tray and anything else you might wish. And unless there's anything else you guys wish to do, uh, pretty soon uh, Ritter is down to his, um, his sort of padded undergarments, if you will, or the padded jacket that you wear underneath your metal armour, uh, and he's flexing with a sword. I'm going to, just while he's um, he's un, unarmouring himself, um, I'm, I am going to try and make a conversation with him. Um, I assume that he's going to be quite um, non-forthcoming, yes. Yeah. Um, but what I'm going to try and do is sow the seeds of um, uh, Magdalena's tell, which is she always blinks just before she strikes low. Um, almost accidentally letting it slip. <laughs> is this is this her actual tell? No, <laughs> no not at all. That's no. clarifying. Yeah, <laughs> throw him off the scent, aren't you? There. If you yeah, if you can make me an entertain roll, I'll I'll say you've uh, you've convinced him with your story. Fifty one. Yeah, unless I've got any bonuses, I'm thirty nine on entertain. So you so, tell him the story, but you don't know if it's landing because he just looks at you unblinkingly and shows very little emotion, so it's okay. hard to tell. I'll assume that it works, and I'll give Magdalena the wink. Okay, so the pair <laughs> of you uh, stand off against each other with swords ready. It turns out that you're quite fast, so you can make your first attempt to strike him, if you wish. Oh, nine. Weapons goes 43. Yeah, it's your melee fencing, which will be fencing, the best. 53, 53 fencing. Okay, so that's five success levels, which is... Uh, okay, so it's going to be... If you did full damage, it'll be a damage of plus seven. So do you want to hit him as hard as you can, or is it just are you trying to nick him? Mm, oh, I'll hit him as hard as I can. Accidents okay. happen. It's a dangerous sort of business, isn't it? This? 14 wounds. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. Quiet. Okay. So he's full, he's thoroughly convinced that Hans has given him some bullshit information, and that you don't blink and then strike, oh, that's nonsense. So when you blink... He doesn't go to block low, he goes to block high. And then you do indeed, as you always do. <laughs> Strike him in the thigh. Um, you're not quite sure whether you hit the femoral artery or not, because there's that much blood. But you slash him across it, and he like he collapses down on one knee. And blood just starts to leak out in a massive, deep red pool across the white and black tiles. Uh, and he goes slightly pale in his eyes. The Von Horgen uh, family member of yours just like starts loudly applauding as loud as you can and, and shouting at servants to come in and clap as well and comes over <laughs> and embraces you. Says, oh, this is excellent. This is just the sort of thing. Get up, you fool. Stop being such a pansy. And this, this nice lights on dragging himself <laughs> the smear across the tiles towards his, his, his seat. <laughs> excellent. Oh, I knew you could be my right-hand woman. That's just the sort of display I needed. Why don't you stay here? Forget your troubles. You should be by my side. Why don't you... Um, your, your friends here can deal with the, the Cooper. They can arrange some payment or whatever it is, you know, whatever they need to do to sort them out. Um, why don't you go... There's, a, there's this hor- walrus-faced man. It's called Stark, who is uh, commanding at the stevedores. You should go and strike him down. You kill him. You can have a place at my side. I can pay you more money than you can carry. You should stay here with me forever. We'll, uh, we'll rule this land. Forget the old family. They're idiots, fools, a lot of them. But us, <laughs> we're destined to rule. He is, he is quite convincing, isn't he? I mean, when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so if we, if, we kill, if we kill Stark, what kind of money are we talking? Well, name your price. What would you like? An emerald necklace? 200 gold crowns? Um, hmm. Let me think. Yes, well, if you killed Stark and, and made a good display of it, maybe put his head 
on a spike outside for all to see on the harbour so that all the stevedores would know something, send a message to his men so that no one else is going to, like, think of revenge and stuff. They'll know that they're all cowed. Yeah, something like that. 200 crowns, not a problem. 100 for us, 100 for the Baron. What I'm seeing is nobility being corrupted once again. (laughs) Oh, shut up. (laughs) But how do we feel about that? I don't mind. I think he's quite convincing, I'll be honest. (laughs) <laughs> I quite like him. He's all right, isn't he? I'm conflicted. <laughs> we could do better under him than we could underneath the Baron. <coughs> well, we need to get out from underneath the Baron. I'll tell you that much. he's not going to. He's not going to come back with us. There's no way he's going to come back with us. They're not willingly. I, I suppose the question: Do we do we feel we can create a situation where he would want to? Yeah, I don't think he's going to do it willingly, and I'm I'm, going, I'm struggling to see how we can do it physically. But he's our target. He's our target. And that's what we need to bring back. Well, he's not our target, is he? The target is, is him or 100 gold crowns. Now, we can get 200 gold for killing Stark. That's 100 for us. 25 each and 100 for the Baron. But, uh, but, at, what price? but at what price? Um, a man's wife. Yeah, a man who would have killed, happily killed us about 24 hours ago. Hmm. Particularly me. No, I don't care. That is a that is a fair point. I might be persuaded. <laughs> <laughs> we could go back to your grabbing by the beard plan. See how that works. <laughs> <laughs> can we not just switch the plans of grabbing him by the moustache and make it stark <laughs> instead of an organ? Has he even got a beard? Grabbing by the mutton chops. Yes, let's go for Stark. All right. Okay. Yeah. So you agree? You agree to the deal? And uh, for Hogger's delighted. So what's the plan? It's now probably, I don't know, 11 o'clock at night or something. You're, you're full of fine food and fine wine. Are, are you going over to the Steven O's now or is it something you plan for the tomorrow day? Well, the thing is, we've we've killed the Ritter, haven't we? So we've a perfectly good... He's not dead. He's not dead? No. Oh, this one. <laughs> got it again. All the usual pleasantries are followed. You're ushered out into the street eventually. <laughs> no room for the night. Despite you coming up with new plans, other things you might want to ask. <laughs> the door is solidly shut behind you, and the sounds of bolts being dragged across. <laughs> <laughs> You've had all you're having. Mm. Cool. You had just head back to the inn for tonight. Yeah. No problem. Uh, can you all make for me uh, perception rolls, please? Nice. Good enough. Okay, so Elspeth and Magdalena. You're keeping probably more of a sharp eye out than the others who indulge themselves a little bit. Uh, and you definitely uh, spot someone on the rooftops that's following you as you make your way back. It's uh, a lithe figure, uh, thin, almost elf-like, uh, dressed in black and just darting across the uh, the tiles of the roofs above you, but keeping pace as you head back. Mm-hmm. Pretty soon you get within the street of the inn and start walking towards it. And although you're still pretty sure you've been shadowed, no overt action has been taken against you. Hmm. So if you wish, you can just enter your rooms for the night. The thing running across the roof, does it seem to do it with a kind of supernatural ability or is it just very skillful? An acrobat or something, perhaps? Yeah. And do you all just put your heads down for the night? Do we keep watch? Can we do? Should we do it old school and keep watch? Because I mean, we, we're being we, we're a bit, it seems a bit naive to just let's all just go to sleep because we know we've been followed by somebody. And just just explain to me why we're not striking um, Stark now. Yeah, that's, I think the same, Elsbeth. Uh, cut, cut his walrus face while he's asleep. Yeah. 
Let's go and kill him now. Oh, he's changed. Well, I'm not sure Italy. <laughs> yeah. A couple oh, of rounds yeah. and an hour later. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what's, once the target's been uh, assigned... Elspeth's been reprogrammed. Let's eliminate this um, stealthy figure first. I'm going to uh, use my urban stealth to get behind this figure and cut its throat. You can do that with one skill roll. Yeah, just one roll. <laughs> so the rest of you are making your way through the uh, stevedores area. So it's all thick, yeah. creepy fog yeah. that's now yeah. wrapping like a warm blanket. Mm. Even, as you head between these eerie... Stormland lit and opened up. Shining sure, and it's creating a big ball of whiteness around you. It's yeah. difficult to see more than 10 feet in front of you. What about if uh, if we were to split up and uh, if I were to take a left-hand turn, still be heading in roughly the same direction, see what that does to the person following us um, and see whether they want to follow me or they want to follow um, they want to follow yeah, Magdalena and Hans. And then, and, and then meet up where we're going to. <laughs> While Barrel's being followed, I'll get behind the figure and then I'll make my uh, attack. We call it the, uh, the chumming the sea gambit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and every, every time we've done it, it succeeded. These dice are on fire. Euro <laughs> returns again. What's going on? Uh, okay, so you're definitely stealthy enough. Can you make me an athletics roll to uh, climb up onto the roof? Oh, that's not so good. Yeah, that's what you call a fumble. <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight, Eighty-eight of thirty uh, percent. Now I'm going to uh, use a, a point to uh, re-roll it if I can. Yes, that's better. So, so by stroke of luck, um, I find a different route and uh, climb up a drainpipe. <laughs> you shimmy up a drainpipe and uh, glide across these tiles. And just as um, Barrel's looking like he's got, got himself trapped down a dead end and not quite sure where he's going, uh, you appear behind this figure and you can see he's crouched over, looking down with a, a throwing knife in one hand. Mm. Oh, blimey. Okay. If I get lost in, in alleyways, I normally just sort of pull something out of my pocket, pretend to look at it and go, oh, of course, and turn around and walk back again. You don't see the arm raised of this figure, uh, Elspeth, but it's just like holding it ready. As if uh, use it if the need to. So I'm going to do a. Uh, I'm going to try and cut uh, the person's throat and push them forwards over the side in the same move. Okay. Uh, so you're going to have to make uh, a melee roll for me. You get plus twenty because they're surprised. Okay. So I'm looking for fifty-three, forty. So you don't quite get the throat as uh, the thing hears you at the last minute and it's got like one of those thick leather collars, you know, thing with a big tricorn hat over the top dipping down, the big cloak hanging up as well, so you just see the eyes in between. So you get your knife in there and then push. Uh, you need to make a post strength roll for me to get her off the rooftop. Okay. 11. That's a critical. Right, okay. So um, the figure manages to like pull up an arm across and stop yours so the knife doesn't go into the throat, but that puts her off balance. And then with a a heave of your shoulder, you just send this woman, as it turns out to be, by barreling off the edge of the, the building. And uh, barreled, you have to make a, a quick dart to one side as something plummets from the sky down towards you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you hear a loud crack, a meaty thump by your side, and see a crumpled figure 
by your feet. And the, looking up, you can see your partner's little eyes peeking over the top of the building. Right, magnifying glass out, and I'll dart over to the to the prone body in the alleyway. Uh, looks, it looks like a youngish woman, uh, a little bit underfed, if anything, uh, dressed all in blacks, had some daggers and knives about her. Um, dead? Uh, yeah, quite dead after that. Yeah. Very dead, okay. Yeah, landed right in her head and snapped her Ooh. spine. Ouch. Oh. Pulling out a little... Um, some notes and bits of paper you find secreted in pockets about it. Uh, nice. You find uh, a little map of the town. Uh-huh. Von Hogan's uh, mansion is marked on there specifically. There's some times against it uh, with little notes, probably in some kind of crypt, cryptic language. Uh, and there's also what would look to you to be the route that uh, Derita takes with the uh, toll collector as well and which direction okay. it goes in around the town and with some little times marked against it as well in pen. Oh, that's useful. Okay. All right. Um, that's on a cursory search. So I'll stuff those those documents about my person. I'll go for a slightly deeper search. Let's look for any sort of cult tattoos or weirdness that's a bit more hidden than usual. From what you're used to seeing, like for Thieves Guild, they'll have some special mark, or if they're yeah. part of a cult, there'll be some kind of like identifying feature of some sort. But it, to your eyes, it's, it looks like just a normal person. Like it, it would be a townsperson who's okay. ended up doing something nefarious or or secretive for some reason. So okay. if anything, it's like it's the only thing of note is that there's nothing notable. Right. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll roll her into the dark somewhere so she's uh, she avoid, so the corpse will avoid cursory glances when the sun comes up. And uh, give like the owl hoot up to the up to the roof, so that Batman. I mean, sorry, so that Elspeth <laughs> remembers I'm down here. And then you all make your way to the warehouses, presumably. You yeah. do. I share my information along the way. So you found yourself by the stevedore's main lair. There's uh, a little low light coming from within, so the fires obviously died down. But they might have a lamp on or two. There's not much coming in from the outside, apart from the odd snoring sound. Uh, and all around you, it's uh, the dead of night, and the fog is helping, if anything, to dampen any sounds that might be out there. Uh, is there any way that um, Elsbeth can get in? A special break and enter. Yeah, uh, this is uh... skill. God, you've got awesome skills. <laughs> <laughs> I can carry a load of things. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is your field, isn't it, Elspeth, to kill him? I'm, I, if I had to kill him, I'd have to challenge him to a duel in the street in front of everybody. Oh, you've got to make a song and dance about it when you do it, haven't you? Absolutely. Of course I have, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can't do it secretly. <laughs> it's got to be like a banquet and bars. Yes, music, <laughs> band, trumpets. Right. Um, can you all make perception rolls for me? Elspeth, you didn't, did you? No. No, that's fine. So you're up on the roofs and you're trying to find a skylight or something. Uh, equally useful. Uh, Hans, you are busy thinking about sausages, probably. Mm, delicious. <laughs> but, uh, you hear like a, a skittering sound, like the rats have come up from the drains or something like that. Except um, rather than it being a lot of them uh, and tiny, it almost sounds like it's bigger and louder and fewer. I don't know which I prefer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Elspeth, you do find a, a skylight. Uh, and you see yourself down into a, a, like an upper floor that's up on a catwalk in term, inside the warehouse, and you can see that there's about a dozen men that are laid out on various make, makeshift cups, hammocks, and other mattresses, straw-filled, and they're all snoring away merrily. 
there's one or two down below in the warehouse proper that are just um, supposedly keeping watch, but seem to be just sat there chatting and smoking a bit of a cigarette between themselves. And uh, can I see Stark? He looks to be one of the uh, the figures that's sleeping up above on the, the upper level. I'm going to um, sneak down to that upper level. Make a stealth roll for me. It's a pause, but you get plus 20 because they're asleep. 23 against uh, 30. Yeah, cat-like. You drop down a small noise, but looking around, no one seems to stir at all. And you start padding your way over to the, the blotted form of Wolfing Stark. Now then, outside... Three figures come out of the darkness and say something in a guttural language to each other and chitter and rush towards you. I draw my sword and my uh, dagger, main gauche. Magdalena, you get to act first as a rat-like figure bursts out of the fog. I will try and run one of them through. She's 53 with fencing, so that's, what, five levels? Yes, uh, they got minus... Two, so you get plus 70 damage. So 14. Right, so you strike it. It's not dissimilar to uh, the blow that you hit the Ritter with earlier on. It causes uh, quite a lot of pain to this rat creature, but it doesn't collapse completely. Barrel, you're next. Uh, with a flash, my sword cane uh, disengages from its ivory sheath. <laughs> uh, hold my eyes shut and my sword arm out towards the rat thing as it leaps onto it, hoping to impale it. Sounds amazing. Have you got the to back it up? I read that from my biography. Posthumous. As I've got melee basic and melee, the difference between those is uh, just melee basics. What it's going to be? Okay, mate. That's hand weapons and things like that. Well, I missed by fifty-two. That's not good, is it? Okay, so you do, do present your sword, but it's not quite what you would have hoped for. Um, hands, you're next. Um, I am going to um, leap forward and smack one with a sword, I think. I am not going to leap forward and smack one with a sword. I'm going to leap forward. <laughs> that was my leaping forward roll. I don't even do that. <laughs> uh, and then we're round to um, Elspeth. You find yourself above the sleeping form of this uh, large figure snoring away. So yeah, no problem. It's, it's, it looks like he's sound asleep. Uh, easy target, just led there, waiting to have his throat cut. Well, I'm not going to cut his throat. I'm going to slip manacles on him. What? Change your plan. Kill him. What are you doing? Uh, that's easy to do, although it does wake him up. You'll be unsurprised to hear. So his eyes flick open and stare up at you. Okay. I'll put my hand on his mouth and put the manacles on him. Right. You do that. No roll needed. Meanwhile, outside. Um, Magdalene, do you want to defend yourself? I'll use my uh, main gorge. Gorge. Um, is that the same as fencing? Same skill? Yep. Yep. 49, um, and I can add a level of success to it. So, okay, so what I'm, 50, I'm 53, so that's one, that's two levels of success, isn't it? Sure. Yep. yep, that's enough to fight him off. Barrel, do you want to defend yourself? Uh, what's the pros and cons of that, mate? Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> you have to. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bother. Because <laughs> I've got a dodge. So it's, it's so these... Yes, you can either dodge or you can use your melee to try and fight them off with weapons. But one way or the other, you've got to try and avoid being hit. All right, so it's not a question about if I try and dodge, I don't get an attack next turn. No, no. That's fine. Oh, cool. Right. So I roll in defense no matter what, yeah? Sweet. You do, because it's opposed. Okay, fine. Oh, on the money with melee. Okay. 
the bad news for us, you, you got plus two success levels there. Uh, so success levels, I guess. So yeah, yeah. yeah. So you take uh, nine wounds. Right, okay, that's less, that's less your toughness bonus, which is uh, of your toughness. Okay, so that makes it six. And, and if you've got any armor in location seventy-one, that will protect you as well. That's right in the body, so it brings it down to five. So I've got some leather underneath my tweed. Correct. Okay, cool. So you just take five off your wound toll. Yeah. All right. So it's a, a ragged, jagged blade um, that cuts into you, and you can't but help feel that there's going to be some kind of consequences to that later. But it doesn't, yeah. <laughs> doesn't spill your guts on the floor, which is the important bit. Okay, Magdalena, back to you again. And I'm going to attack the, the guy, well, the one, the one that's attacking me that I hit last time. I'll try and attack it again. Yeah. It's got 53 okay. in it, so... Yeah, it, it darts around really quickly, and uh, in the fog and stuff, it's hard to keep track, and it seems to chitter and giggle to itself as if it's having fun. Uh, <laughs> Barold, it's your action. Uh, okay, emboldened by the lancing pain to my chest, and I'll slash out with my rapier once more. Take that denizen of the underdeep. Okay, it's quite a vicious strike, uh, but it, as you hit... You realise that it's probably got some kind of mail or other armour underneath its ragged clothes, and there's a clang of metal. So you definitely see blood on the end of your blade, but it's not enough to drop it. Uh, Hans, <laughs> you're up. So how how many are left, and how many? All three. I've got one. All three. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, okay, that sucks. Are we um, uh, the one that I'm fighting? Is someone else? Is anyone else fighting it as well at the same it's time? It's just you in a rat in a dark alley, surrounded by. A all this fog, you can't see your friends, you can just hear shouts and the screech of metal. Okay. So no bonuses for ganging up then, basically. Yeah. All right. Let's just hit him with a 24, which is a hit with two successes. Okay, you got minus three, so you get plus five to your damage. Uh, so 12 of your finest damage. Are we playing with advantage as well? So does that mean I start getting advantage now? You do. Uh, it just means you get plus 10 on your melee skill next go. That's like it is presuming you don't get wounded, of course. Uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> right, me and I'll back up in the uh, the attic. Elspeth, uh, you've got this guy staring up at you. Okay. Manicled I'm, there on his hands. I've got my hand over his mouth. I'm going to whisper in his uh, ear in a ASMR-type style uh, to send the hairs on the back of his neck tingling, saying, I'm your saviour. Come with me. Okay, are you trying to? It feels like you're trying to intimidate him. I, I, I'm actually charming him. Having manacled him and bumped your hand over his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I'm That's using my, friends. I'm using my sexiest voice. <laughs> okay, <laughs> make, make your charm roll. Uh, that's uh, fifty-one on fifty-two. Yeah. Ooh. Well, fortunately for you, he fumbled with a double zero. So. <laughs> 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 he finds this strangely alluring. And uh, it's only now that he notices the sketches beside the side of his bunk of uh, BDSM. s <laughs> <laughs> and doesn't stand for sausage and mash. <laughs> You've somehow stumbled upon his weakness. <laughs> right. Meanwhile, outside Magdalena, we're back to you. Attack again. 41, that's a, yeah, that's one level of success. Okay, minus six for well, me. Two, two, two levels. Yeah, 53, so two levels. Okay, you strike down this clan rat, driving your blade through its throat, and it chokes on its own blood before collapsing off your blade. Nice one. Good. Uh, Beryl, do you want to defend yourself? Uh, yes, I do, absolutely. But I don't. 
uh, by how much do you not? So success levels are mapped. Oh, uh, by thirteen points. So is that one level? Yep. Okay. Uh, and you got plus one, plus two. You're taking nine wounds. Location two. Oh, uh, location two in the head. Yeah. Oh. Oh, oh. So right. you get your toughness oh. off, remember? Okay, so eight wounds due to the deer stalker, and toughness takes it down to five. Oh god, I'm, I'm down to my last three wounds. Okay, he strikes you across the forehead, and it scalps bleed quite easily. So blood's starting to pour into your eyes, but you're uh, you still got on sub- superficial wounds just yet. Uh, mm-hmm. Also, um, uh, hands, do you want to defend yourself? Uh, yes, I do. I would suggest you roll reasonably well. I roll exceptionally well. I've got advantage, so uh, 57, so succeed by fours? Four? Yes, success. That's levels. plenty, yeah. yeah. Uh, it looks like a, a, a great strike that's going for your throat, but uh, you manage to knock it to one side quite easily as you're a trained guardsman. Yes. Um, and then, Barrel, it's your action. Uh, have I lost my advantage from getting tagged? You have indeed. Okay. I'll have to go for a low, clumsy swipe then. But it's successful! I mean, if it's low, he means a low roll. So, uh, yeah, it's enough to uh, slash it in the throat uh, and uh, it collapses quite dead at your feet, chittering no more. Oh. Hands, you're up. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Um, sorry, that parry, does that, that counts as an opposed roll, doesn't it? It was on a post roll, yes. Excellent. Good, 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 good. Because I too roll an eight, and I am now currently uh, 67, so uh, six successes. The nice. downward strike, like a cleaver chopping a thick steak in half. Lovely. Uh, and it slides off your blade. Um, that's fine. Elspeth on the inside, uh, what are you doing with your now compliant captive? Um, so I'm going to lead him the way I came in, uh, as discreetly as I can. Make sure you tell him the safe word. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so... uh... Rats, rats. So it's going to require an athletics roll to get him up out of the skylight, because remember, you dropped down from above. Yeah, so that's... uh, 30, so I failed. Yeah, okay, so you've got him to the skylight, but you realise that he's quite a hefty old block, uh, and he's, he's jumping up, trying to reach up, but he's not quite making it. You're going to have to probably rearrange some furniture or something to give him a bit of a way up, or otherwise sneak your way down the ladder past the guards at the front. Um, outside, while you're contemplating that, do the rest of you want to make endurance rolls? No. I'm going to use a, a nope. fortune point to re-roll it. Oh, no, still. Don't miss it. Never mind. I'll wait to find out what happens to Blythe before I decide. <laughs> so um, the pair of you started to um, shake a little bit. And although you're in this cold, clammy fog, uh, you start to feel quite hot as well. And, uh, you know, that fire seems to have taken a lot more out of the than you expected. Elspeth, what are you doing upstairs? I've, uh, I'm contemplating um, increasing the size of this uh, window that I'm trying to get him through uh, using my break and enter skill. So I'm going to take the frame out to get him through. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> fine. <laughs> You've still got like about eleven sleeping men around you. I'm gonna so, say, yeah. They might be sleepers, aren't they? These I'm gonna take it out screw by screw. I'm like a stealth DIY check. It's gonna be a stealth roll thing. It's it's how quietly it's gonna be the important bit. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I think it's probably better than them. What's your success level? 
Uh, so it's two. Yeah, and they got one. Fine. You stealthily unscrew the lintel. <laughs> Take the whole thing out. Put, put the winter fern out on the side. Scraping the potty out. <laughs> right, you bundle uh, this car in. It did, it did fumble, but like he started to now think. Like, he's had time to think about it while he's been doing all this. So you get him out onto the roof, uh, and then he's sort of whispering to you as you pull yourself out behind him. Like, what, what, what are we doing? Where are we going? What's happening? Just follow me. Uh, you're being rescued. There are forces turning against you. But I'm, why? Your ho- I'm your only hope. I'm your only hope. Why do I need these chains, though? Uh, they're just a precaution. And part of my method. Okay. <laughs> he, he follows you to the, the, like, the eaves of the roof and, and <laughs> peers down. Like, what, what are you guys doing? Anything in particular down below, apart from shivering and coughing? Feeling well. Ooh. Leaning up against the wall. Yeah, hot spit hitting the cobbles. Well, we'll keep an we'll keep an eye out for Elspeth coming out with this guy. Yeah, get, get Elspeth and get get to get to safety. Have you ever seen these things before? In that uh, cold, empty silence that greets you, you hear a, a padding of foot, a scraping of talon. It feels like not dissimilar sounds you heard before, but. Larger and heavier, with a, a breathy wind behind it. Oh, God, hide in a barrel. Okay, Elspeth, up on the rooftops, <laughs> you can see your friends down below vaguely making out the ships. And you can see swirls in the mist as if something like, as if you see turbulence in water or some, a fish or something swims somewhere. You can see the roiling of fog as something's making its way towards your companions from the rooftop. Okay, so I'm going to take a running... Uh... Uh, push at uh, this guy and send him over the edge so Stark can meet whatever's coming. <laughs> Make a post-track check for me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I attack the monster with an NPC. He's, uh, he's reasonably resistant. 12, <laughs> and I've got uh, 14, so I've got uh, three levels of success. Okay, he gets four. So you rush up on the front like hitting a blubbery brick wall. <laughs> Uh, and he shouts something out in Kislevite that you don't quite understand uh, and tries to grab you by the collar and hurl you off the rooftop. Do you want to okay. make a strength roll for me to avoid being pitched into the fog? Yeah, I'll do that. He gets two success levels. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I fail by, uh, by three. Okay, minus five. Right, so you go arcing over the side of the... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Can I pay a fortune point for him to land in the uh, wagon full of hay that uh, Baz's character put there earlier for the ambush? Well, I'll strike the barrel. <laughs> in a barrel of fish. <laughs> yeah, but... I can't believe I've, I've gone off my falling damage. I've, I, I have actually got. I, I have actually got a fortune point. Yeah. So Bar- Bar- Barrel did put out a um, a cunningly placed thing that we would find in the third act. That's right. So, so I have got a fortune point. Can I use that to uh, take him with me? Yeah. Okay. That sounds cool. Right. So you're both like he's yeah, throwing you off, and you manage to grab the uh, the linking chains of the manacles. You're going to take nineteen wounds from the fall. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> I imagine puts you in critical range. Uh, so, do you want to roll a, a D hundred for a critical? Or do you want me to do it? Uh, no, I'll roll it if that's uh, eighty-two. Oh, <laughs> mate! 
<laughs> which um, which um, I is good. Worst location, worst location 28. That's going to be uh, an arm. 20, it's a right arm. arm. Yeah. Oh, snap. That was good. <laughs> and you got an 82. I don't think I've been this high up the critical tables before. It was scrolling. Oh, it's not as bad as you think. <laughs> um, so you. You do indeed land in the uh, the wagon of hair, which has been put to one side. It's probably fish guts rather than hair, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but nevertheless, it breaks your fall. Uh, he misses the wagon and comes off, and your fingers are trapped in the uh, the links of the chain. So as he falls past, Ooh. there's a wrench as two of your fingers are severed from your hand. Gaping horror at the amputation uh, and getting a bleeding condition. That's all right. We get false fingers. And uh, with that scent of blood coming thundering out of the, uh, the darkness, you see a huge uh, rat-like creature sniffing. What do you all do? Magdalena, you're first. Um, a huge rat-like creature? Yeah, it's like nine uh, feet tall. <laughs> I think I'm going to back away from this. I don't think we have stand much of a chance against this thing. Um I, I point my sword cane at it, but just to, like a, an artist holding up a pencil against a life study. <laughs> uh, think better of the whole affair and turn on my heel and run. Uh, I assumed that we were going to be fighting it, so I am charging in. Even having seen your friends back off. Okay. Uh, and Elspeth, what are you doing? I'm uh, clutching my hand. <laughs> so you're out, out in the middle of a load of fish guts. So it's just hands versus the rat over. Brilliant. Uh, so, Hans, you can make an attack if you want to. That's yeah. what you're doing. Let's see what happens. I'm charging, so I'm 57, so th- plus three. Nice. So, 11 points of your finest damage. Okay. To uh, 42. Yeah. Um, he barely notices. As he drives his sword, as his thick, corded chest of uh, warped stone enhanced muscle. You were putting a, a poultice on, was it? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just, uh, yeah. <laughs> to staunch <laughs> the bleeding from your. I've got a child on it, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this uh, this huge creature tries to swipe at you. Uh... Okay. Hands. Uh, just get some minus one there. Uh, I am going to fortune that. <laughs> uh, into a much more uh, savvy, uh, quite a lot. Uh, what am I on? Uh, 67, so yeah, made it by five. Plus five? Yeah. No problem. You defended yourself successfully. Cool. I'm on three advantage, by the way. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, Magdalena, what do you do? I'm going to run to where, where Elspeth is. And, yeah. he's, and he's Stark there. Dead. He's Stark dead. Uh, he's on the cobbles. It looks like he's probably like a broken a leg or something. Uh, he's not moving too much, but he's, he's alive, probably. I'm going to run him through. Okay, now he stops moving and he's... It's not alive anymore. <laughs> so he's dead. We need so to stop him. the rat ogre eating the body. We've got to display his head on a spike. The, the rat ogre can have the body, just the head we need. Keep the head. <laughs> Get I'll the head off him. Yeah. Okay. So, Barrel, are you doing anything? You're just running still through the fog. Well, running and screaming. That's multi <laughs> Okay, you're running and screaming. That's minus 10 then, because you're multi Right. <laughs> but yeah, you're pretty sure you're, you're safely away from the current danger. Uh, Hans? Um, I guess I'm going to be fighting a rear guard while we sever the head from the, the yeah. fat Turkish man. 
37 against now 77, so plus four. Okay. Uh, it takes a chunk out of its big, beefy bicep. Excellent. Um, I am all right until it hits me. Because once yeah. my individual goes, I am dead. <laughs> I'm going to sever his head. You can see at the minute, um, Magdalene's on all fours, like trying to, with a thin blade, hack the head <laughs> off. It's uh, so extreme. Right. I'll, use the, I'll use my knife. I'm using my main gosh. That's a bit, a bit more it's appropriate, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're all getting corruption points, I'm just saying. Yeah. Call yourself a professional. That's not the way to do it. Oh, well, yeah. Says you fell off the roof and lost two fingers. <laughs> Start that. <laughs> okay. So, bickering between you, you hack the head off. So, it lumbers past you and now seen like blood pumping from the corpse of the walrus like man. Uh, it launches itself over there and buries its incisor teeth in the neck wound and starts gulping down blood and gobbets of flesh uh, gleefully. What do you all do? Run for it. With the head. Okay, you all do. It takes some time to catch up with Barold as he's got a good head start. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to get help. I think we'll give, let's give Volker the head so that he can put it on display. Proof, proof, Proof we needed that he's dead. So we'll presume it's the, the following evening, you've got, or it was even the early hours of that night, before the sun's come up and you've gone back to tell him. Volker's pleased with your activities and says, oh, then you can rely on you, Magdalena, as you're, like, covered in blood from <laughs> hacking off this person's head with a slender blade. Elspeth similarly clutching a, a dirty rag to your hand. <laughs> it's not going very well, hasn't it? <laughs> Hands I, and I went, uh, went well, like shivering with fever, and some big, ugly looking boils <laughs> appeared on the necks. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, we're pretty good. Yeah, can can nice. I count on your supports for the future then? <laughs> <laughs> Just give us the money. 